what's up what's up people so welcome back to the no great areas podcast today is friday seventh yeah it is the the seven bucks yeah first time that time i've got that friday feeling (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah before we kick off just a a little we got a little bit of feedback from an angel uh, (laughs) about the uh the way you guys can find us so the podcast obviously is called no gray areas but on um on some platforms you might search nga on other platforms you might search no gray areas yeah i'm not entirely so, sure how it works daniel daniel for you in. so more specifically on the social media platforms, so um facebook twitter and instagram um say search nga podcasts on the actual podcast hosting sites uh, soundcloud itunes and spotify search no gray areas i will be trying to rectify this so you can search either across both um yeah, i'll give you an update next time and you need to get on it with that do you know actually um my sister was asking me i went to see my sister the other day she was like oh so this podcast thing you're doing you know how how do i find it how do i find it i was like you know it's on spotify this is how i i became yeah, aware of the issue because yeah. i searched nga it didn't come up so I was like, no, it's on, it's on uh, try search for no grey areas, bang, it comes up. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I've, you know, because I, I want to listen to it, I haven't listened to any, and I yeah. look on it, and I can see she's listened to like an hour of one of them, 40 <laughs> minutes of the other one. I was like, all right, okay, yeah, go ahead. I was like, do, do you know this means you've already listened to it? Though? She's like, oh, I listened to like 10 minutes of one. I was like, you are a fan. <laughs> so cool, yeah, cool. So that was cool, that was cool. So what are we going to chat about today? Do you know what, man? I've got, I've got some stuff I need to get off my chest. Okay, okay. I was angry yesterday, right? Oh, why? I was angry. So I had, had a little moment. Uh, I went to, last, about a week and a half ago, I went to go out and I had a flat. So I had to take my wife's car. I got uh, I got one of my friends. Shout out to Nick. Muchos gracias <laughs> por votre assistance. Um, he uh, he went and got my tires changed, but since then my uh, tire pressure warning just kept going off. Like every ten minutes, I had to keep resetting it, resetting it. Yeah. So I took it back yesterday. They gave me some BS excuse. Basically, they didn't do the job properly, and that that's not the thing that made me mad. The thing that made me mad was I had to sit and wait for like forty minutes, and while I was sitting waiting, I was watching the news. Okay. And there was two things that peed me off. Okay. Right. And the first one is is not quite so serious. I don't know if you're aware, about a year and a half ago, there's this thing on the news. Uh, the share price for Tesco plummet- plummeted after it was discovered that a couple of their boys in accounting were doing some dodgy fudging of numbers. Yeah, I remember that. They they over they overestimated their profits by 250 million, which obviously had a big effect on the share price because people were like, damn, man. Tesco's making bank, so yeah. they're obviously investing. So that was in court, uh, and this week all charges were dropped. Everything was, you know, they. they uh, to be honest, all I, s- I, I just saw the headline, yeah, so I could yeah. look into it more. But I feel if I look into it anymore and find out more of the specifics, I'm just going to make myself even more annoyed because yeah. it just seems to be that whenever any of this stuff comes out and it's all like corporate money swindling or government yeah, money swindling. Yeah. People just get let off. Like, if if I want to make some serious money and I'm comfortable with breaking the law, I think I should just get into politics or get into big like. business. That is what it seems like. These boys are always getting off scot free. This is part of the problem, isn't it? Like, they're all it's that sort of old boys clubs. A lot of them know each other, you know, and they're uh, networking in the same circles. And, I mean, 
it's it, nepotism in a loose sense because they might not be directly He's related. Worse than, yeah. <laughs> but it is that, you know, that, that loose association, like when you look into things like that, you'll see how many of them went to school together or how many older brother went to school with this politician or this judge and this. And because of the setup of the country, it, I mean, when you look into it, it's not really a conspiracy. It's just kind of common sense. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. every, like, we'll, you know, people from Slough where we where we grew up there's a lot of us that are going to know each other um but it, it creates inequality because it's a, a ruling class that essentially are from the same school literally Eaton, just down the yeah. road shout out <laughs> <laughs> and SL, SL postcode that place is um and and that that sort of wealth that pow power more so than wealth isn't distributed um, fairly is not even the right word. It's just it's not it's just not distributed. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, like I, I do, like you see in the Sun, right, on the yeah. Sun newspaper, which is very much a tabloid newspaper. They're always talking about um, politicians being, you know, toffs, private school boys, yeah, and all yeah. this stuff. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know why you guys see that really as an insult. I don't want a bricklayer running the country. Yeah, I don't course. want someone yeah. that went to, you know. Burnham Upper, yeah, or you know Slough Grammar even to to yeah, be running Slough the country. Grammar's not Slough Grammar is not so bad, yeah. but you got to be like excelling yeah. above and beyond the platform of yeah. your education to to be in a position like you you really don't want someone who doesn't understand what's going on yeah. to be running the country. I know we all prefer the idea of someone that's more on our level, everyday man, which is I think back in the day how Tony Blair became quite popular because. He seemed just like a normal bloke that you wouldn't mind yeah. having a drink down the pub with. He was definitely the first politician over here who got to that sort of level that did his PR campaign on being one of us. Like you used to see him doing headers, yeah. pictures of him playing instruments um, and all, all, all of that sort of stuff. Um, like what was that phrase that came out of Mondeo, man? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just talking about average person driving a Ford Mondeo and all things like that. So, like, yeah, he def definitely done a, a good PR job. And it's weird as well, because even in the States, like, Trump managed to pitch himself as, like, the people, <laughs> the, the man <laughs> yeah. behind the working people. Yeah. When, if you look at, like, the intricacies of his, how his business works, mm. often he don't pay the working man. Like, there's... Yeah, of course. He gets sued left, right and centre from people who... Um, who have done work for him and then he's just gone nah I ain't paying you yeah yeah. and uh, don't get me wrong there, there might be more depth to it there might be you know they didn't do the job to a high enough standard or whatever but he's just flat out gone nah 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 we ain't paying you nothing yeah Um. so yeah and, and he's a, a multi-billionaire yeah. who's I've got that beef with my, the people who just done my windows at the moment I've got to go and see him after this oh yeah done something. so you pay a deposit Um. I won't say their name because it may get resolved if Which not, I'm coming you, back you here you to might, slate. Yeah, you might hear um, the name. <laughs> <laughs> so I paid my deposit, built there, the installers come around, I paid them. Anyway, I've got I've got an outstanding amount to pay. Cool. That was expected. That was the plan. Um, now I'm looking at the job and there's a lot that they ain't done. Oh dear. They need to come, like, they, they haven't put, you know, the kind of sealant around stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've, like, I've got bare pictures, like, they've, like, cracked walls. Like, there's a lot of work. Now, I've got builders in, and the builders have said, right, they're going to sort it out, but I'm probably going to get charged for that. So I'm taking it off the, the rest of the amount that I owe um, the window people. I'm going to go and, I'm gonna go and um, speak to them afterwards, and hopefully we can come to an explanation. Otherwise, I'm going to have to trump them and just tell them they ain't getting nothing. Fair, man, fair. And um, to be fair, I think stuff like that, especially with builders in mm. the UK, 
oftentimes customers feel like they're a little bit over a barrel. So yeah. if you if you do make sure when you book for builders, make sure you don't pay them all up front. A yeah, lot of people right. do. The builder goes, yeah. yep, you've got to pay up front. And they go, all right, cool. Yeah. I'll be like, no, 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 no. I'll give you materials, yeah, money, and I'll give you like half the money now. I'll give yeah. you half at the end. Well, what I've been doing with the builders is, let's say the the full amount is is a uh, X number, um, one hundred million dollars. Yeah, I gave them the money for the materials up front, or some part of that money, um, and then at the end of every week, they've said it's probably going to take about four to six weeks. At the end of every week. Um, we're working out and I'm just giving them an amount. A, just, a yeah, so so if, it, if it costs £10, I'll be giving them £2.50 and it can take four weeks, I'll give them £2.50 a week with the final payment. You're basically giving your builders pocket money. Basically, but that's that. we came to that agreement and they were happy with that. So um, that works for both of us. Um, that's, fair that's fair enough. Yeah. Just going back to what you were saying with regards to um, uh, the not one in um, idiots one in the country. Yeah. I mean, technically, we do kind of have idiots running the country, even though they did go eat. <laughs> we we do, yeah, we do. I do get what you mean. My thing isn't my thing with the whole power thing, though. It's not necessarily about like the distribution of because you know when they talk about distribution of power and they're talking about having workers in the boardrooms and this and that and and all that kind of stuff. Hmm, I can understand, but at the same time, like you got like you got to earn the right. You got you can't you you have to be worthy of the boardroom to be in there. Yeah. My point is, in loads of other industries, loads of other, there are still loads of people who are um, knowledgeable, uh, shall I use the word worthy, but that power structure is among friends. I mean, and I kind of get it. Like, I'm more likely to give you a job than I am Joe Bloggs. So, because I know you, I can vouch for you straight away. Mm. So, I kind of get the setup. Um, and, uh, and obviously, there's the favour side of it and all of that. Um, but yeah, I do agree. I don't want someone from, you know, some random, I'm going to say Beechwood yeah. because I went there. So I feel like <laughs> I can cuss it for, for the school like Beechwood. Um, so, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Even, even when it comes to just like not run of the mill jobs, but so obviously I used to work in financial advice. Yeah. Before that I was working at B&Q selling kitchens. Yeah. Right. Which obviously you don't have to be well educated to do. And that. I bet I bet there was someone in, in uh, getting some financial advice going. I don't want no one from B and Q giving me financial <laughs> advice. Oh, so Lewis, can you just help? <laughs> exactly. So that's the thing, right? Like, um, I went. I went. This was this was after the financial crisis. So anyone listening, go. Oh, he's the reason. <laughs> but no, so it was literally like two thousand nine, and I got a job interview. I got a job interview from someone that I knew. They mm. were like, "Yeah, yeah, you seem quite smart." Like. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing in B&Q, man. Yeah. You're a bit of a scrub job for you. And to be fair, my reason for it was uh, they gave me like six and a half weeks of paid holiday and they let me take time off at the drop of a hat to go and compete at tournaments. So it was cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, but obviously I was like, I think I was about 26 at the time, 26, maybe even 27. And it was just, you know, a bit too old to be working in a shop. So, um, so yeah, so I got an interview and it's funny actually because my CV is terrible right yeah. i've got like i've got a couple of a's in my gcse's a couple of b's a couple of c's a couple of d's and e's yeah right nothing nothing to write home about and uh, they were looking at my cv and there was two things that they that the woman who interviewed me picked up on my cv she said number one that i even heard her saying it because she was just in the room like 20 feet away and she'd left the door open mm. so i sat outside and she's like oh he takes it interest in languages that's cool. I wonder what languages he knows. I was like, all right. And then, uh, and then she's like, oh, he's a black belt in, in martial arts. That's, yeah, yeah. That's really good. 
So basically, I spent about 25 minutes with this woman just talking to her about martial arts, how it played a big impact in my life, yeah. and da, 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 all this stuff, right? And employers generally, and I, I, do, I do say even to some of the parents of my students, I'm like, having a black belt is a really good thing to have on your CV mm. because it shows that you've, you've got the ability to work in difficult conditions, you can push yourself, yeah, you yeah. can be patient, you can set goals, you know, you can work towards a long-term target, all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So it was cool. I had a chat with her about all that stuff, and she was like, oh, so you take interest in languages. Da, da, da. Now, this woman's name was Nisha. So obviously an Asian name, right? Mm-hmm. So she was like, you know, what languages do you speak? I was like, oh, you know, me Torah Punjabi. She looked at me, she was like, nay. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hanzi. <laughs> <laughs> I just had like, a big smile on my face. And... Um, and like, cause my my accent is quite good as well. So we just had a little chat about that in Punjabi, which was weird being yeah. in a bank, you know, yeah, which is yeah. a very much like a, a white man's club kind of yeah. place to be. And then she was like, "Oh, any anything else? Like any other languages you can speak?" And I picked up just by her tone and stuff that she might have been uh, actually not from India, India, but um, her parents might have moved to Africa when right before, because there's a lot of Indians that moved to Africa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back in I think it was like the. East Africa. Yeah, like 40s and 50s yeah. even. So um, so I was like, yeah, yeah, Jambo Bonala Fiki. And she was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so a little bit of Swahili, uh, Swahili and she was, she loved it. And I pretty much got the job based off that. Okay. Um, so yeah, okay. it was weird. Yeah. But, but to be fair to them, they did educate me on how finances work, how the economy works. Da, da, da. Yeah, and it was yeah. really, for me, it was kind of cool because I got, I got all the education that I should have got at university. Yeah. I got it while getting paid. Yeah, true. And yeah. and they put me up in a nice hotel in London. I'm yeah. gonna lie. It was a. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. I think I remember when you think was it near Holborn area I around think, that way. Uh, yeah, basically the hotel. If you could probably look it up, it's uh, it was like the first hotel that was a purpose-built hotel in London. Okay. Like the first ever purpose-built hotel. It was right by a train station as well, old, a tube station. Yeah. But I think it was Holborn area. Initially, they put us up at a place on the Strand. Yeah, but the, it's not far from Holborn. But um, but someone can... I didn't care, right? I've stayed in some terrible hotels in my yeah. time. But it was July, it was hot, and there was no AC in the hotel. So yeah. the rooms got hot as hell. I just opened a window. I didn't care. I'm a yeah. scrub. But this guy was like, no, no. It's dreadfully, dreadfully <laughs> dry in there. I can't take it. But you're going to have to move us. Yeah. So they moved us to this five-star hotel that was like built in the 1920s or something. Yeah, it was shit. proper lush. I was like, man, I could get used to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, but do you know what? Anyway, I c- we kind of get a little bit uh, distracted from uh, from the other things that pee me off. Yeah, I'm going to go back to it, man. Yeah. I Can I just say something? Go on. I'm just thinking, anyone who makes it in politics from Slough, whether that be Slough Grammar, Burn the Mapper or Beechwood, I'm very proud of you and more merit to you. I just meant basically not like the pub politician type person. You don't want them running the country. Yeah, of course. But there are actually quite a few politicians from nowadays from a working class background Yeah, man. as well, actually. So, yeah, shout out fair, to all those people. Yeah, it'd be nice to see them. The problem is I think we have a lot of career politicians. Yeah. That's, that's not really what you want. You want someone who's yeah. worked in whatever field for 10, 15 years and then said, you know, all right. I need to do something to try and influence positive yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, the the next thing that pees me off is actually still on the politics topic, which is this whole Brexit thing. Um, it, it is getting long in the tooth. I know it is very. 
very so, long. So here's, here's what peed me off. Right? I'm watching the news and it's talking about how Theresa May is going to have to go in and speak with some of her MPs who are like rebelling against her and try and convince them. Um, yeah, the issue that they've got right now is the Northern Ireland backstop, which is uh, they want to have a soft border with Northern Ireland, which is fine. Um, obviously, if you have a, a hard border with Northern Ireland, it creates a lot of problems. Um, so, so they want to have a soft border where you can have pretty much still free movement of people between Northern Ireland and the UK. And to be fair, there's no, there's no hard border between Southern Ireland and Northern Ireland, which is what kind of creates the problem. Yeah. Because you could fly from, let's say, Romania and then drive to Northern Ireland, catch a, a ferry and then... You're in England. And then bang, you're in England. So I don't know exactly how they're going to solve that issue, but it was just, I just found it really annoying because the, the press were uh, catching MPs on their way to meet with Theresa May. And they were like, you know, is obviously the Prime Minister is going to be trying to talk to you about you know, getting you on board with this deal. Is there anything, is there anything that she could say that would help sway your vote? And they just went, I don't think so. No. And I'm like, you're going into that meeting with your eyes already closed, yeah, your ears shut, good. and you're yeah. just going, nah. And I do feel like a lot of politicians now are trying to kind of sink Theresa May. Yeah. Trying to, trying to, like, kind of pull us out of Brexit. Because there's still talks, I think there was a thing going to the ECJ uh, when only a few months ago, and they're already making a decision as to whether or not they can go against the Brexit decision now. Yeah, there's and, something and about um, can Brexit. Article 50 be reversed and yeah. stuff like that. Do you know what? I swear, like, I'm not into conspiracies generally, <laughs> but I've kind of thought of a little conspiracy around this. Give it to me, Dan. So, you know the UK, as part of um, being part of the EU, we had a veto. Yeah. And we're the least European country within the EU. Like, we've very much got our own culture, yeah. whereas mainland Europe's culture is, is a bit more similar. Um, to each other. Yep. So we're, we, we've always kind of been an annoyance with a lot of, in a lot of respects. Also, we're detached as well. Yeah. So this is my thing. We do this whole Article 50, we're leaving. We then are kind of excluded from the rest 27. All the meetings that have been taking place, we're now like, okay, well, you're leaving. It's the EU 27 and it's the UK, even though they're still 28 countries. Mm-hmm. So now, within the EU27, they're allowed to start talking about the European army. All of this stuff that we would have blatantly vetoed. Yeah. So they can now go along with all of this. Yep. We're now in a position where we may end up having to stay in the EU. But if we do, they can then say, but all of the things we've now discussed, you, when can't, you, can't, you can't have no say. Because that ha- those decisions were made when you, weren't, when you weren't around, basically. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like... I'm not into conspiracies, so this has just been me sort of thinking and looking at stuff. But it makes sense. I'm getting my tinfoil hat out. <laughs> it kind of makes And then we end up joining back in. And then this whole plan that they've had is able to sort of go forward without us being able to veto. Yeah. I mean, the, for me, the most annoying thing when I was watching it was actually that I'm, I'm far from Theresa May's biggest fan, right? Yeah. I, I'm not going to say I don't like her. But I don't. <laughs> I never really warmed to, to yeah. that woman. And as my dad would have said back in the day, she, she looks like a stone-faced batch. <laughs> but, but that sounds a bit harsh. 
And what I'm going to say next is not harsh. And, and here it is, right? Theresa May was not part of the Brexit campaign. She was a Remainer. And right? She wasn't she, even at the forefront of it. She wasn't no, even like, no, didn't really she, put but, her face out there. But, but she was like, I think we're better off as part of, part of, part of Europe. Yeah. David Cameron comes out and goes, yeah, yeah, we're going to take a vote. You know, we, we'll, we'll put it to the people because I've tried to get a better deal for us out of the EU and it's not happened. Mm. And I've said that we'd vote on it. So now the people get to decide. Yeah. And you know what? As much as there's, there's obviously we're not going to beat a dead horse. Yes, there were loads of things that went wrong, both sides with the campaign. Da, 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 da. The vote came out. It, not hugely. Not everyone voted. We got that. Yes, but everyone had their chance to vote. Yeah. Everyone was told how important it was. Yeah. If you didn't make it to the to the ballot, you didn't. Tough. Right. And it was like fifty one percent, which is very close. But still, fifty one percent is is a winning majority, and yeah. that, that's all it needed. Fifty two, I think. Or fifty two. Yeah. There you go. It wasn't even that close, man. That's tens of thousands <laughs> of people. True. True. But um. But yeah. So even it's fifty two percent. Anyway. She didn't want to leave Europe, but she sat there and went, that's what the people voted for. That's what we're going to deliver. Yeah. And now everyone's like, nah, we ain't doing that. And I'm like, do you know what? Despite all the all the nonsense that went on regarding the, the campaign, yeah. that was the end result was, okay, British people have kind of decided they want to leave. Yeah. And she's gone, all right, I'll give you what you want. Yeah. And all the MPs are like, nah, nah, we ain't. And, and they're even to the point where it was mentioned on the news that she might ha not have a job by next week. Yeah, this is the problem, isn't it? So a lot of the um, a lot more of the MPs seem to be Remain, so they're going to go against anything that means leaving, which ultimately and leads then, to a hard Brexit. Which this no is deal. the thing. This is the thing. Whereas a lot of the MPs who wanted to leave believe in a hard Brexit. Mm. So what Theresa May's delivered. As far as any of the MPs, like the, the MPs who wanted hard Brexit ain't getting what they want. MPs who wanted to remain ain't getting what they want. Yeah. My problem more is I think she's delivered more what the people wanted. Yeah. But because the people have rallied behind these um, kind of uh, poster boy politicians yeah. who are leading, who are become the face, weren't even leading, but have become the face of... Farage and uh, uh, Like Jacob Rees-Mogg as well, yeah. um, who have become the face of um, the, the, the Leave side now. They're basically asking for what the politicians are asking for, which is totally different to what the people wanted. The pe when the people were talking about immigration, okay, I don't agree with that, but I can un I understand that whole having someone to blame kind of thing, and you know that that's happened throughout history. Um, when they're talking about jobs, when they're talking about lowering of wages, when they're talking about all that stuff, the politicians who want to who want to leave. They, they don't care about that stuff. They care more about the colonial Britain, its sovereign sovereignty and all of all, you know, the sovereign rights of Britain and all of this, that kind of hell, Britannia, yeah, we, yeah. you know, and, that, and that, that's been the case since the 90s, since the early 90s, since before um, what you when some people call mass immigration during Tony Blair's era in the late 90s. So they've got had these same, same uh, feelings. And ultimately, the, the thing that I find is sad about it is all the people that voted, the public, the, pe the actual people who voted to leave are not going to get what they want. I mean, you've already heard jo uh, Boris Johnson talking about, yeah, look, we're going to have loads of loads of high skill people, people come in the country. Um, and it was about like 400,000 French people or that, that already live here and how welcome they are and all of this. But, look, but this, this, they're still immigrants. Yeah. You know. 
So it's, I don't know, I think a lot of people are going to be, even after we leave, whether it's a hard Brexit or Theresa May's deal, I think 10 years down the line, like a lot of people are going to be very, very disillusioned with it all. And ultimately, there's, it's, 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 there's so much more to the rich-poor divide in this country. There's so, so much more than the EU. But it's, it's, it's an easy scapegoat, isn't it? Immigrants, oh, that's why we can't get jobs. That's why we can't do this. But we've got the lowest rate of unemployment ever. And do you know like, the, the other thing I find interesting is that on the news, they don't... I haven't heard it once explained what is a hard Brexit. I've got an idea of what hard Brexit is, what yeah. it means, like lack of trade deals and stuff, which means pretty much you you just start from scratch, like hitting the reset button. Yeah, yeah. But most people, especially people that aren't into poli- politics, have no idea. And it gets thrown, the term hard Brexit is getting thrown around like it's almost like a, a scary thing that you need like, yeah, yeah. scaremongering. I just, I, to tell the truth, now with all the stuff that's been happening since Theresa May had her deal, all the stuff that's been happening in the last few weeks, I'm just like, do you know what, just do a hard Brexit. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like I just like oh, Even get this, get this over and done with. We'll all band together. Like we'll have our f- well, wh- whatever type of deal it is. We'll have this hard Brexit. We'll all band together. We'll all work through yeah. it, and then we'll fix things. Because it's just the the amount of the amount of other issues that have been sidetracked because of this yeah. is ridiculous. Even even I saw something that the United Nations published a report saying that tens of thousands of children in the UK will go hungry as a result of leaving yeah. the EU. Like, how do you, how do you put that together? Yeah, yeah. You must have some far off imagination to yeah. try and link those things. Like everyone said, when Trump became president, that would be the end of America. Yeah, and do you know, what? Like, I know I joked about it before, but in theory, someone could argue he's doing a good job. Do you know what? Do you know what the thing with Trump is? To jump across I'm, the pond. I'm sorry, I'm a caveat. The, 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 the thing with Trump is, people, and including myself don't like trump yeah so it almost makes everything he does worse yeah like even if he does something good we cuss it still yeah like, like in the news. But you, you begrudgingly you you're unwilling to accept a positive from this negative quote unquote thing. monster yeah so it may it does make everything worse there there's there's don't get me wrong he's he's done and obviously the headlines, because a lot of the, 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 because of the way he treats the media, whenever he does do something wrong, the media will also, yeah, yeah. you know, that's their way of, 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 of hitting back. Um, but as the saying goes, numbers don't lie. And some of his numbers are positive. They, they could be, you know, there's reasons why yeah, some yeah. of them he's carried on the good work of past, past presidents. Yeah. Um, some of them could be down to him. I don't. I haven't looked into it that much, but definitely, I agree. If it wasn't, if it wasn't Trump, if it was something like, if it was George W. Bush, for example, mm. he would be getting a lot more praise than than um, yeah. he currently is. But it makes sense because if if you if you if you act like a dick and then you do something good, like I'm not gonna. If I know you're a dickhead and you do something good, I'm not gonna think, oh, you've done something good. I'm gonna be going, hmm, why has this dickhead done that? Like yeah, yeah. I'm, all, I'm there already must be thinking, yeah. Right. Or what? What else is this? Why has he done this? This? What's like? What, how is he going to benefit from it? I'm not just going to take it as a, oh, he's done something good because I already feel like I know better. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think that, that that does happen, and ultimately, I don't know if, I don't know the dude if he is a hundred percent dick or just ninety five percent dick. 
So, do you know what? Let's take a little step back now from the politics. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel if anyone's listening to this, right, your blood pressure is going up. <laughs> I got told someone when we were talking about F1 the other day, they said, oh, I skipped that bit. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, um, so yeah, there's um, the, the other thing that peed me off. So, Kevin Hart was asked to, to host the Oscars, which really the Oscars now mm. are people kind of see through it yeah now like it used to be this oh my god this person got an oscar and now it's like yeah whatever it's kind of oscars and it's, it's not really as big a deal as it used to be but it's still for many internet's people changed that man hmm? i said the internet's changed that it yeah. don't, just don't have the relevance um but yeah he was obviously uh kevin hart publicly said that something that he's always wanted to do which yeah. he would anyway like if he got asked to open up a a, a mall in dubai and uh, and he was getting paid a lot of money to do it. I'm sure he'd say, you know, coming up, I always wanted to be that guy who opens up malls in Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> so of course he's gonna say it. But anyway, uh, some some person with too much time on their hands dug up uh, some tweets. I think it was from 2009. And I'll be honest, I don't even know what they said. Right? I saw one of them, but apparently they are quite homophobic. Yeah, I saw one of them that said, if I something along the lines of. If I came home and my son was playing with a dollhouse, I'd crack it over his head and tell him that's some <laughs> gay shit. <laughs> Something along those lines. Okay, now Something here's the thing, right? Lines. I'm laughing. Kevin Hart is a comedian, a, a, right? His prerogative is to make you laugh, right? And sometimes is to say some homophobic stuff. Now, Eddie Murphy, back in the day, I don't know if it was on Raw or before that, he done this he done this uh, sketch and it was so off like you watch it now you're like obviously he done more than one I know Denny's say, looking what? at me like, and Delirious were one? both like why <laughs> today stand do you know what I still think they are two of the best comedy stand-ups ever so there but was by but, today's standards yeah they're next level <laughs> but that's the thing <laughs> there was a bit where he was like he was like saying uh, I don't want to stand still on stage too long because I <laughs> yeah. know gay dudes be looking at my ass <laughs> yeah it was even the one as well with um he was talking about uh was it gay Mr. T or something? Yeah, yeah. And, and come the, here, and boy. The, come here, boy. You got a tight ass. <laughs> and the, and the, um, the gay police, like, yeah. sitting on top of the car going, woo! <laughs> <laughs> Look, so, I try to take the piss. I'll just say, those two stand-ups are, for me, they're two of the best stand-ups right. I've ever seen. But, but here's the thing. Would he have made those stand-ups in 2018? No. 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 He would have, he would have changed it a lot. because. And I know, understand how they're offensive as well. Yeah, I get yeah. That. And, but here's the thing, a lot of, st- like, let me give you another one, right? Mm. South Park. South Park is Can't deliberately offensive. Yeah, yeah. One of the best, one of, made me laugh the most is the worst thing ever. Uh, I can't, one of them, it, uh, Kyle, he's, he's yeah. the Jewish one, right? Yeah. So Stan think, says yeah. to, to Cartman, he says, I will give you $100 if you can go a whole day without making a Jewish joke to Kyle. And in class that day, Kyle's talking a lot. Mr. McKay, Mr. Mackey, yeah, Mr. Mackey yeah, is I telling him to stop talking, stop talking. And he's like, Kyle, will you concentrate? And then Eric Cartman turns around and goes, Hey, sir, uh, perhaps you should send him to some kind of camp where he could learn to concentrate, like a uh, concentration camp. <laughs> right? <laughs> it had me creasing. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. And then he comes over later, he's like, Oh my God, Stan, you wouldn't believe it. I just found out that during the Second World War, they had these things called concentration camps and Jews were killed. Isn't that terrible? Right? I was just, I was on fire. Right? I was like, that is 
but that's offensive. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. proper offensive, yeah. right? But it makes you laugh. Yeah. Even Ali G back in the day, yeah, loads of homophobic stuff. Yeah, you couldn't do it now. Yeah, those tweets were from mm. like 2009. Yeah, right. In 2009, were they acceptable? Clearly, because you didn't get any backlash then. Not really. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think acceptable is the right word because I think there could always have been someone who took offense. Who would? Yeah, who would take offense to him? I think right now we're. I don't even think. I don't even think we're more sensitive. I think we're we 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 look for the 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 sort of tide of 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 emotions like. Oh, someone said this. Oh, is someone else appalled by it? Oh, I'm appalled by it. Oh, light, 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 light. And then, but at the end of the day, people are getting on with their day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No one's really, no, no one really no cares about it. Oh, who was this comedian? Oh my God, Kevin, he <laughs> made a joke. Oh my God. <laughs> who was this God. comedian, right? Who, do you remember that, do you, do you remember that gorilla? I can't remember. Oh, it's on Netflix. I'll have to, I'll have to find it for you. But do you remember that gorilla? And this is, this is, this kind of sums it up for me, that gorilla that got shot like a year or two ago. I do. I think I remember this. Mat- I can't remember the gorilla's name. Yeah, yeah. But basically, this guy goes. He's he's making a joke about the gorilla, and everyone's like, "Ooh," kind of thing. And he's going, "Shut up! You lot don't care about gorillas." And he goes, do you, he "Goes to car. Do you care about gorillas?" And it, and they will go, "Yeah, like, like animals." But he goes, "Okay, let me ask you a question. If it wasn't on the news, and every gorilla in the world got shot, how long is it going to take for you to know about this thing you care about?" It's tr- and that's the thing. So it's like, if you, do you know what I mean? If you care about something, like legitimately, it doesn't have to come on the news. You, you don't have to, exactly. You don't have to see that on the news to think. Obviously, there's certain things that, like, you know, are happy and other, you know, yeah, yeah, things that you that you would care about. But with, with a comment on a comment on Twitter, like, yeah, I get it's offensive. We want to be better. Yeah, yeah. But and some of the backlash with a, with some stuff yeah. is. And I think there's there's a lot of instances where people just take things at face value. Kevin Hart had some, you know, homophobic tweets. He's been kicked off or he's had to step down from doing the Oscars. Mm. People go, oh, Kevin, you piece of shit. Mm. How could you? And you go, okay, they were funny and they were in 2009. Yeah. Like, chill. Yeah. And even uh, I saw, I think it was an Instagram or something, he did a post and he was like, listen, guys, I'm nearly 40 years old. No, I'm in a great place in my life now. Yeah. Ten years, if if you really believe people can't evolve and change their, mm. their opinions on things in ten years, then you know you're coming from a messed up place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing is, well, my so I may very well be wrong, mm. but my perception of I don't want to say black culture in America, mm. but something along those lines yeah. is that a lot of especially religious black people in America mm. are very homophobic. They are. There has been there has been a lot of um, a lot to, to counteract that like yeah. in recent years with, and again, um, I, I I think it's a very good thing, but ultimately, I mean, I'm one of those people though. Like, to tell the truth, now nah, now nah, I was going to say I'm one of those people that think like as long as it's comedy, it's fine. But I'm not. I'm like if it's good. If it's a bit smart, if it's if it's just crass to, you know, to try and get cheap laughs, then, you know, expect backlash. But you know, some like um, what's his name, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I think he put he says he can offend people. He he often does it in a smart way, and almost everything he says, I'm like, oh, we can't say that, but it still stops to make me think. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, fair enough. And it stops to make you think. Um, 2009, that wasn't necessarily the case. Like. All this stuff that's being brought up um, when, you know, scraping through people's 
uh, Twitter feeds and things like that from decades ago, I think is petty. But at the same time, like we've seen it happen time and time again now. Why have all these celebrities and stuff still got them on there? But you know, even if you Twitter delete feed. it, people can still find it. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's I'm sure true. that's the thing as well. I think someone must have screenshot it at some point. Yeah. But I was, I was just trying to trying to look something up that was uh, I was hoping to uh, to quote the guy's name, but I don't know. You might have seen him on. Um, he's done like the bre- Breakfast Club or something. He's a He's a doctor of some description, and he's um, not Umar Johnson. That's it. I yeah, was trying yeah. to. I was trying to. I even. Yeah. I was googling Doctor Umar. I didn't know his yeah, surname, yeah. and now I realise I don't have data anymore. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he's like some of the stuff he says. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can see where you're coming from. Then other stuff, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, he was over here a few weeks ago talking, like doing talks. He's and saying stuff. stuff like, if a black guy gets with a white woman, it's because yeah. he wants to be white. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. nah, that's not right. Yeah, yeah. And um. That. And then another one that he was talking about the human rights bill that they passed, and he's yeah. like, that that was good for black people until they started until they included the words gays and transsexuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, how is it that yeah. giving rights to gay people and transsexuals yeah. is taking rights this, away from this? This has people? always been one of my things. This is always. I mean, there's different. You know, there's different stories with regards to it. It's like the suffragettes are praised for the great things they've done. They did that. Yeah, rightly so. But when they done it, when they were fighting for the rights, they weren't fighting for rights of black people, they weren't fighting for rights of other people, they were, it was, you know, purely their group. So, and it's it's the same with, with like Umar Johnson with regards to black people. If you're fighting for the rights of black people, how do you, how do you say, I just want this for black people but not other people? It's like, and that's always, that's always been one of my things. I think it was, uh, I can't remember which rapper first brought it up, but they said a really good, they said, how does, I think it might have been, um, uh, Ryan, Ryan, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, oh, one yeah. of their songs on the first major album. And he said something, something along the lines of how do you, how does a, a genre that was made, that came out of being sort of repressed and, and held back, s- do the same to yeah, gay yeah, people yeah. by using the term, which I apologise I'm offending anyone, the term faggot in such a, in, and, and other yeah, meanings yeah. like that in such a derogatory way. And I totally get that. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense. The other, the other thing as well is if everyone did band together against this quote unquote powers that be the man, like yeah. we outnumber them hugely. Yeah, yeah. And things would be a lot easier, but everyone's segmented and siloed in. Oh, I want rights for this. Oh, I want rights for this. Oh, um, equal, what was the one you just said? The, the Bill of Human Rights. Bill of Human Rights, rights um, is is for black people. No, gay people or transgender people shouldn't yeah. be included. Like, See, come the, on. And the thing dumb. is as well, on that particular interview that he was on. I think he kind of exposed himself a little bit because it got a little bit heated, yeah. and it was a the the so he was obviously a guest. The presenter was also a black American, and there three other um, like pr- I think one of them was like a, a lawyer and a couple of other, but yeah, they're, they're yeah. all is a, a, a all black panel. Yeah, and one of the guys said something he didn't agree with, or or called him a liar. Mm. I think he called oh, it, and he and he he came back with calling him a coon. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, to the point where the presenter yeah. was like, "Nah, I won't and have that." And when I see someone, when I'm like, "You can't use a term at against someone of your like that's your own they're your own people." Do you remember what I was saying they're the other week? The same struggle. The thing is exactly that's what I was saying the other week when we were talking about. Um, oh, it hasn't been released yet, but it will be the other week <laughs> by the time <laughs> you hear this. Um, when we're talking about like being in mixed race relationships, I was saying when I when I hear things from people from the same race as me, it affects me a hell of a lot more. Than, yeah, yeah. Th- people from outside they're speaking from a place of ignorance. Yeah. So like if you know 
you should know better. Kind this, of thing. Exactly. That's a good way to put it, actually. And that's probably why a lot of like a lot of times things don't affect me. It's like your, I don't care what your opinion is. You don't know. You don't walk in my shoes. When someone who maybe not exactly walked in my shoes, but definitely same same shoe type but different size sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then they're saying things like it definitely affects you more. I mean, I'm with Umar Johnson, Doctor Umar Johnson. I'm I'm because as you said, some things he says makes sense. Makes sense. And then other things, it's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. even if you, and, and this is the thing, sometimes you have to think about where you are and where we are as people. Like, some of the things he says, even if he believes it, like there's, for me, like there's certain things I might think, I just know not to say. Because, and it's not, I don't even, that might sound wrong, but I mean like, how is it going to be helpful? Yeah. In the world we live in today, how is it going to, what possible positive thing can come from you saying something like oh white black people who 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 date white people are this or they feel like this or it's because of this like to me it's just it's it to me it's a headline yeah. you know it's clickbait it's like you know that can be a headline and you can say it because you haven't what where's the conversation being taken for like it doesn't do nothing for today mm. it doesn't do nothing in today's society you know um but yeah i'm i'm Funnily enough, do you remember um, uh, Childish Gambino's This Is America? Yes, very well. Awesome, awesome song, awesome video. And do you remember, um, obviously, he was he was um, highlighting a lot of... A lot of uh, <laughs> Sorry, man, I'm just bumping along. I've got it in my head now. <laughs> um, do you remember? So he was, he, was start, he was obviously highlighting the plight of a lot of yeah, um, yeah. black Americans. Um, so that sort of just started a discussion online because he's dating a white lady. And it was, can you be pro-black? Can you be, can you be pro-black, but date outside your race? And it's like, again, is, it was like, there was, there was, question? yeah, why do these things have to be um, mutually exclusive? Like, am it's I, a silly. Am I not pro-white because I married an Asian woman? This is what, you know. Am I a sellout? <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's this kind of stuff. And I just don't feel, I think to me, it's kind of like, I get what the problem is. This is my problem. Like you can, act, I think you can have that in among that that kind of conversation among intelligent people when you just put things out there on the internet it's like wildfire and yeah. you people start catching on to other people's things and you start spreading stupid ideas and then it you get things like what umar johnson said and that gets attached to it and you know sometimes i just think some things aren't helpful but it is what it is yeah the internet you gotta love it but you gotta also hate it so so i don't i don't have anything else that i'm particularly angry about but there was something that made me angry now. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I had to do it. I had to vent. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was something else. Uh, it was actually this this story. If you're if you're an MMA fan, then you'd have heard about this already. Uh, depending on how how deep you are into it. But there's a a fighter by the name of Rachel Ostovich. Uh, I think her I think her name is in fact Rachel Ostovich Burden, but it's probably getting changed very very soon. She is a smoke show, right? Probably. Along with, it's weird actually because there's there's a lot of very attractive women that fight in the UFC. I don't want to say like loads, but there are there are quite a f there's a few, and it's weird because you'd expect in such a brutal sport yeah. that pretty women wouldn't get drawn to it. Yeah. But another one that you might you might have heard of was uh, Paige Van Zandt. She was on uh, Dancing with the Stars. Okay. If you've got data, look up Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, I've got there. data. I'm not on, I'm, I'm not on O2. Listen, I've I killed with um. We swapped from Virgin to Sky and we had like five days of no internet. So I just killed all my data in those five days because I didn't have Wi-Fi. 
but O2 have messed up anyway. Haven't they? Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's fixed now, but they've they've. Uh, yeah, I could, we should talk about that actually after. I, I couldn't make I couldn't make phone calls uh, at all. Um, but anyway, so Rachel Ostovich is a I think she's from Hawaii, and I'm just I'm just showing Denny now a, a picture of Paige Van Zandt. So that's Paige Van Zandt, who Denny smiles. So that that shows some <laughs> approval. If you guys, if you guys are a little bit curious, just obviously Google Paige Van Zandt, and then that I'm was a two-syllable damn in my head. Yeah, and then I'm gonna show you Oster, Rachel Ostovich. Uh, yeah, basically Rachel Ostovich also. Uh, just have a look at this little picture here, Danny. I'm just again, again a smile. She is a very attractive lady. Right now. Rachel Ostovich is married to a UFC fighter living in Hawaii. She's got a kid as well. And um, funnily enough, the UFC are swapping their, like, the, the broadcast providers that they have in America. So okay. they were on Fox Sport or something. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of this year, they're changing over to ESPN. And okay. so if you're on those networks, you get to obviously watch the fights for free uh, or some of their fights rather than obviously their, their pay-per-views as well. Mm. Now, uh, they, they, the UFC want to kind of show ESPN, you know, you're getting a great deal by signing up with us. So they, they're always trying to make sure at least the first two events, they get a load of viewers. And one of their ways to make sure they get a load of viewers is to put those two very attractive women in a cage and get them to beat the crap out of each other. Okay. Right? <laughs> hoping, hoping that a load of truck drivers go, oh, God damn, I'm going to watch <laughs> this tonight, boy. Um, so, yeah. The, so, so here's the thing, though. Couple weeks back, Rachel Ostovich's husband was arrested for attempted murder, for or I think it, I'm pretty sure at least that's what the head, headline said it was attempted murder, for beating seven shades of hell out of her. Uh, she suffered a broken orbital bone and a couple of other like serious injuries. Um, and initially she was uh assessed by a doctor and the doctor said that she wouldn't be able to make the fight which is i think it's at the end of january okay or mid-january but bearing in mind this happened like three three four weeks ago now and the broken bones generally take like four or five weeks to recover so in, th in theory she'd be fine to fight anyway um and she actually went and got a second opinion from another doctor who cleared her which is a little bit controversial because a lot of people might say well actually you know, she, she probably suffered a bit of head trauma as well, so there's a good chance that she's probably not in the best place to be fighting. Um, but she came out and gave a, uh, a speech um, or a statement even. She made a statement to the news saying that she wants to still do this fight for herself, for her daughter, for all other women that have been the victims of domestic violence and feel like they can't do anything or feel like you know, their, their life's over. She wants to show that it's not the end of the world. You can move on. You can still go out and achieve your dreams. And, you know, no violent, abusive man is going to be able to hold you back. Which, growing up in a house that was, uh, I'll say it quite openly, there's, there's a lot of domestic violence prevalent in the homework that I grew up in. Um, I, was quite, I was quite conflicted because on the one hand, I was like, yes, you go. You tell them, right? Ain't no man gonna hold you down. You go, girl. Um, but on the other hand, I was like, mm, you just got beat up bad and then you're gonna get in the cage and fight again in like a month. Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. 
it's a bit it's a bit of a mad one i get the i think that's the thing sometimes as well and i wonder if sometimes again people are getting caught up in the sort of sentiment at the moment and you know wanting to sort of stand up for women and and all this and i get that and i think it's a positive thing you know she's saying she wants to do this for these people and these people but ultimately if her health's at risk and if she's getting professional advice not yeah, to um to do it i think i think at the ufc really should be the ones to say look this is the advice from the yeah from the put it off give her another month or something yeah Jesus. yeah um but i don't know i don't know what about have you heard about uh the stuff going on in paris the right like, the they know how to riot yeah man they're like, kicking they off to be honest to... i just saw i just saw a little headline of it yeah so I, I don't know they know how to uh I, I to tell the truth i haven't followed it too deeply right um and i know <laughs> to tell the truth i know paris do have it not paris france do have um obviously a history of when they protest they go hard whether it be against the Uber taxis, whether it be um, this this case against, um, I think it was, it was to do with a, I think it was to do with uh, a petrol tax right. that was being proposed. Okay. Um, I don't know w- how it escalated into what it did, or whether there were like, sort of legitimate reasons for that. But they do go hard. I remember a few years ago. So it's quite a few years back now. And I can't remember who it was who was protesting. I think the fire service was protesting right. or going on strike over something. And it was one of the most amazing scenes I'd seen on TV because the police were obviously having to go still <laughs> go against the firefighter because they're having to control where the protests are and all this. And it ended up with the, with the, um, the firefighters were hosing down the police and those figs are yeah, flipping seriously powerful. They break ribs. Yeah. <laughs> and they were hosing the police. They literally came, your first responders against each other. But when, when, when France protests, man, they seem to go hard. I remember, yeah, their Uber ones as well. A few years ago, Uber cars were getting smashed up. Yeah, like, yeah. all crazy stuff. I, I did actually see there was a, a clip of, uh, I think it might have even been the Prime Minister, the President of France. Macron. Macron. He went to visit uh, a fire station. And they had all the all the firemen. Obviously, it's weird because they have like this sense of military drilling and stuff that they do. They do it in the police as well. Like the police, sometimes they do marches and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so the 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 firefighters all came out, and marched out in front, and then turned their backs to him. And then and then just while people were trying to find out what was going on, they all just marched off as their way of sticking two fingers up to him and saying, "No, yeah. we ain't we ain't listening to to anything you guys got to say." Oh, I think I found that clip. I'll try and post it. It's from 2015. Paris firefighters clash with the police. I'll Ooh, try and post that on our Instagram. Damn. Bloody damn. But yeah, um, the only other thing actually that I've kind of forgot to say that I'm peed off by was, um, so after, obviously I consulted you and a couple of the other guys about um, which in, what to do about my internet service. Yeah. So I was with Virgin Media for the last year and I had pretty much like their basic TV package plus the Asian channels yeah, and uh, fiber optic internet, okay, which is pretty fast. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. But they wire the fiber optic right into your house. Yeah. So they drilled a hole in my front wall, ran the cable along my front driveway on the side, and then drilled another hole in the front of my house and then tacked the cable all around the side of one of my front yeah, rooms, yeah. threw into my living room, well, obviously we got the the box set up and whatnot, which not not really a massive problem, but it's just 
a bit inconvenient wire. Yeah, especially in this wireless world. <laughs> yeah, just this one hench wire coming <laughs> through the house. So I tried. So I left Virgin, and leaving Virgin was a painful experience. Yeah. Uh, but eventually managed to to get them to agree, cut off my my internet. So they cut it off. Unfortunately, when we took out, because my wife was umming and ahhing about which package to get and don't do this, don't do that. So we ended up having a, a four or five day gap where we'd have no internet, which is fine. Like, it doesn't bother me that much, except for the fact that I did end up using up all my O2 data. But the guy came to, when, when I called them up, because I was like, look, I can't, can't access the internet. They were like, all right, we'll have to send out an engineer. Took another three days. Who was this for? So this was with Sky. Okay. So they sent me out the box, and I used to be with Sky anyway, so yeah. I just went and plugged it in in yeah. the same socket as it was in before. Yeah. No connection. Mm. Uh, called up Sky, said, look, you know, I used to have Sky before, I just plugged it in the same place. I'm not an idiot, or mm. or at least I am, but not when it comes to this. Like I've, I've done it before, so it's, it's not too, too yeah. big a deal. And he went, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to send out an engineer, which would be like another three days. So I was like, damn, man. But you, you're kind of like, you don't really have a choice. Like, I've, what are you going to do? You're yeah. going to say, no, I'm not waiting yeah. three days. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. So uh, so I waited the three days. Engineer came out. I had to move my wardrobes to get access to the socket properly. Yeah. And then it turned out that the way, because Sky don't run fiber optics into your house. They run it up to the junction box. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so it turned out there was just an issue with the junction box. Yeah. And, and it, it often happens. It's it's um, when you speak to these other service providers like Sky, Talk Talk, who run off the BT lines. Um, yeah. They often blame OpenReach. And my understanding it is, having worked in the industry, it is a lot to do with them. But ultimately, you're with Sky, so that's who you're going to go back to. I don't know. Did they tell tell you to do anything to do with OpenReach and all of their? No. So what generally happens is they give you a date. So let's say they said it will take it will take seven days. Mm. They then that's the time they're quoted. They then have to pass that information to OpenReach and then OpenReach say, yeah, seven days. And at any given point, they might just say, oh, we can't do it this day because such and such. And it might just get extended. Now, funnily enough, I left Virgin. Again, was happy with the internet speed, but I just thought their customer service was atrocious. So when I moved, I joined Sky as well. Um, so this is about a year ago. When I joined Sky, it was possibly, and I'd been with Sky before, like in past addresses, but it was possibly one of the worst experiences I've had connected to the internet since. It's been pretty much faultless. Right. But I got told, I got I was given a date for everything. In the end, what basically happened was I got the Sky channels one day. I had to wait X amount of days before box off, um, before the, um, uh, what's it called? Box sets and stuff activated. Okay, yeah. And then I had to wait another time, uh, another, I was given another date when the internet would come. And, um, sorry, no, no. Um, yeah, but I couldn't use box sets because I had no internet. Right. So it was only certain ones that they would kind of push straight to your box. So I'm calling them up and I'm saying, well, I'm having to use my phones to connect to the internet because I've got no internet. This wasn't even just for their box sets. This is just for general day-to-day -day internet stuff. And I remember this conversation. She's so, so I said, right, this is, I'm going to have to get a bundle. This is how much it's going to cost. I want to obviously be compensated that much back. She's saying, oh, okay, so, so what do you use your internet for? And I said, I was just going through the stuff for work, for me, emails for Netflix. And she was like, oh, Netflix? Oh, we can't compensate you for that. That's extreme usage. So I was like, hold up. 
what do you mean extreme usage? She said, well, it's high bandwidth. I said, stop. Netflix is one of, if not the most popular, I get why you might want to call it extreme use, but let's be real. It's probably, it's one of the most popular services on the internet. And it uses the most bandwidth yeah. <laughs> and YouTube. You, but something that is the most popular, you do not call extreme. Yeah. You know, like that, that's, that's like me. Oh, I took a bus. Oh, that's extreme travel. No, it's not. <laughs> it may be the most common type of travel and it may use up the most road space, but yeah. it's not extreme. So anyway, we went back and forth. She wouldn't, she wouldn't do nothing. Um, I eventually got my internet. The whole pro, my internet was about took, uh, got connected about two weeks after I actually ended up getting my TV service or something like that. So I was going back and forth. In the end, though, I got through to someone, and this is the crazy thing. This is what really kind of made me happy, but still drove me nuts. At the end of it, I got through to someone. I I'm, I I'm, I decided I'm going to call. I'm not going to come phone. I got put through to several people. The last person I got put through to was like. Oh, well, sorry, I apologise for that. Yeah, what do you want? Okay, cool, we'll give you this. Give you this, we'll give you this. I'll follow it up. I'll give you a date specifically. I'm going to let you know. I'm gonna, if it don't get connected tomorrow, I'll give you a call, let you know exactly what's going on. Yeah, of course, we'll compensate you for that. We'll compensate you for that. We'll compensate you for that. Um, apologies. Um, and here's this for you as well. It's like, why couldn't someone just do that? This is like three weeks later, yeah. after about 10,000 10, phone calls. And it was just like, oh. But at the end of the day, when you're speaking to that person, you're like, Thank you so much, man. Like, this is, <laughs> uh, this is all I wanted. Like, so, so do you know what? All right, I'm, I'm, he, he kind of seduced me. <laughs> so here's the thing. Yeah? Obviously, as I said earlier, yeah. he, he used to work in B&Q. And I was, even though I was like, I think this particular event happened when I was about 19, 20 maybe. So I'm, I'm one of those people, like, if you drop me in an environment, I'll try and learn everything about whatever that environment yeah, is. Yeah. So when it came to like our kitchens and bathrooms kind of thing, so I would, I would know exactly like the the size of the pipe that needed to go into the back of this particular shower unit that you that you bought. I would know how you need to fit this shower tray and how high it needs to be raised off the floor and what kind of plinth you need to get to put around whatever, all the stuff. I I was like I geek out on whatever I'm I'm around. Yeah. So I'd often get called down to like the returns desk. And it'd be, this customer wants to return this, this customer wants to return this. And sometimes it was legit, and then sometimes it was dodgy. I'll give you an example. When you buy a kitchen cabinet from B&Q, they all come white, right? The cabinets yeah, themselves, yeah, the shell right. of the cabinet is white. But if you've got a run of, run of cabinets and then an open space next to it, and let's say your doors are oak, mm. you want the side of that cabinet to also look oak, right? You don't want an oak door on a white cabinet. It looks stupid. Yeah. So B&Q sell like replacement end panels. Sorry to bore you guys with details of this, but it's relevant. So this guy brought back an oak end panel and he goes, yeah, when I opened it up, it was white on the inside. And I, I went down, I looked at it, I was like, you son of a bitch. I like your style. You trying it? You trying it? Okay. And I was, I was literally, I was smiling at him, and he was like, "What?" I was like, "I know what you did." He's like, "What do you mean? You know, I, like, you know, I did." I said, "Listen, you had your kitchen delivered, didn't you?" He goes, "Yeah." I goes, "Do you, do you know how I know you had it delivered?" He's like, "No." I goes, "Because I'm looking at your invoice. I recognise the name. I'm the person who put your kitchen on a pallet and sent it out to you to have it delivered." <laughs> He's like, "Right." I goes, "None of the packages that I've put on your pallet had been opened before." He's like, okay. He goes, this end panel came out of one of the units that you bought 
you've already fitted the oak one and you thought you'd try and come back and replace it because <laughs> those panels are 25 quid each and you've got six of them. So you can get, you know, 150 to nearly 200 pound back. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, that's not the case. I said, well, I'm, I'm looking at you dead in the eye now. I'm telling you, you ain't getting your money back. And he was like, I'm not really happy about that. I said, okay, how would you like to move forward? <laughs> and he's like, whatever. And he just left. Yeah. Like he knew, yeah. he knew he, he got caught out, which is fine. But then sometimes it would be like someone would come back, similar situation. I'd say no. The person would be like, I want to speak to your manager. And I'd, be, and I'd look at them dead in the eye and be like, there's no one more senior than me you're going to speak to today. And they'd be like, no, 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 I'm not going anywhere. No one else getting served till I see a manager. And I'd be like, all right, I can send down the store manager. Store manager comes down and goes, well, wh what's going on? And I say, look, this guy's trying to rip us off. This is what's going on. Yeah. And, it, and the store manager will have a 30-second chat with the guy and go, I'm really sorry about it, sir. Here's your money back. And the guy, the guy would look at me like with that little smug oh, smile yeah, on his yeah, face, like, yeah. ha ha, got ya. And I'm like, well, fuck you, man. <laughs> what the hell? And then I'll go to the store manager after, yeah. I'm like, what are you playing at, man? Yeah, yeah. You're going to cuss me out tomorrow. I go, oh, you know, your department only made this much money. I'm like, what do you expect? You'd be giving out refunds yeah, to everyone yeah. that comes through. And the, but the thing is, I got to this point after one particular event where I was like, do you know what? I don't really care anymore. Like, give everyone a refund. It's yeah. cool. And this was the event, right? So um, this guy bought back uh, a bathroom basin that he'd bought, mm. ceramic basin. And it was evident from looking at it, he had dropped something sharp, heavy in the bottom of the basin yeah. and chipped it. Probably one of his build builders dropped the hammer and the claw side of it yeah. chipped it or something. It was just a little chip, but it was right out of the middle. Mm. So he goes, yeah, I had this, it was fitted and it just cracked. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, this is my area. I'm ready for you, yeah. right? I was like putting my gloves on, getting ready to, to do some rounds with this guy, explain to him. So I was like, listen, here's how ceramic works. You know, if you heat it up and then cool it very quickly, it will crack. You are right. That does happen. But these things are designed in such a way. There's little pockets, da -da -da -da, whatever. Because apart from anything, you don't have a crack. You have a chip and then you have like a little hairline fracture coming off from where the chip is and it's in an area where water wouldn't hit straight away anyway unless you had some funky design taps that spray out in odd angles yeah going back and forth back and forth back and forth and he starts calling me a liar he says i don't know what i'm talking about and then he's and then he issues a challenge he okay. says right <laughs> if you can prove to me what you're saying is correct mm. fine i'll leave yeah no refund but if if you can't prove it i want a refund I said, like, well, how am I going to prove it? He goes, well, this sink's already, I can't take this sink back. Yeah. So if you prove it, I'll just go and buy another sink. But if you can't prove it, you'll swap it. I was like, do you know what? Challenge accepted, right? <laughs> but by this time, this had been like three or four minutes had passed and there was a queue of people at the returns desk yeah. and they're all watching this guy and they're like, what the hell is going on here, man? These guys are like, chill out. Yeah. So I was like, right. As stated before, if you hit it with something sharp, something with a, a small edge small surface mm. area is going to make a chip very similar to your one yeah and i found it i was just looking around found a screwdriver obviously we're in a hardware store there's tools everywhere and uh, and I, I just kind of dig like threw my hand down kind of hammer fist style with the screwdriver and, and hit the, the basin yeah and a very very similar chip occurred i goes there you go so that's very similar he goes but didn't you say something else about like if it was a blunt object i said yeah if it's a blunt object then it would 
make a, a significant crack or perhaps even go all the way through it. He goes, well, if you hit with a blunt object, you'll probably do the same thing. I was no, it won't. He's like, well, prove it then. Hit it with a blunt object. So I'm looking around trying to find a blunt object. I can't find any blunt object, right? And this guy's like, you're, you're a liar, you're a liar. So I was like, all right, cool. So I clench my fist yeah. and I'll punch the sink. Oh, <laughs> so I'll punch this basin, yeah? Boom. The thing gives in, caves in. And uh, and then like the, I was like, there you go. I proved my <laughs> point, right? Exactly what I said happened yeah, will yeah. happen. And he's like, oh, oh, you're trying to intimidate me. I can't believe this. You're going to look at you. You're bleeding. I was like, what? I looked down at my hand. My hand's bleeding from where I punched oh, the sink. Obviously, shit. there's got a little bit of strength, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was like, that's cool. I said, but you know you're not getting your money back. He's like, right, I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> that's it. I'm out. The people are not. <laughs> yeah. And he, he stormed off out, right? And it was funny, actually, because a couple of people that were in the queue, like, give me a little... Like, yeah, man, <laughs> you told him. And I was like, it wasn't really worth it. And one of the store managers came up to me. She's like, I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. Because <laughs> if I did, I'd be sending you home right now. You'd be getting your Shit. ass fired. I was like, all right. And funnily enough, Nick, yeah. one of my best mates now, like back in the day, I hardly kind of knew him at that yeah. point. But he saw me do that. And he's like, at that point, I knew we could be friends. <laughs> <laughs> you are savage. <laughs> but but do, you know, Nick. <laughs> do you know what the funny thing was about... Three four days later, yeah, I was walking. I was walking around work, and someone goes, "Excuse me, can you tell me where to find?" And I turn around, and it's the same dude. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, "I thought you weren't never coming back, bro." <laughs> it's just messed up. That's jokes. That's jokes. That's it's jokes. messed up. But yeah, anything else been going on with you? About um, about? not particularly. That I've been stressed. Oh, just, just, just. I haven't been. It's not stressing. The work, the progress is being done on my flat. It's just the sort of waiting game. I'm just sort of staying around people's couch surfing kind of well um my place has been refurbished but um nothing major it's good progress making good progress hopefully next week it's sorted um the other thing i did want to talk about which i know we don't really talk about that much but we're both big fans of is just music like we love our music maybe we should talk about that a little bit more um can i just grab that one second? sorry sorry people just interrupting um I, I, this so i listened to the meek mill meek mill's new album champions or championship yeah um, I was pretty impressed. I'm not a huge, like for me, Meek Mills has always been one of those people like, I know he's going to have a sick single, but I never really, I weren't really too fussed to listen to his album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I, I might flick through it. But this album actually properly caught my attention. Like, I know obviously with all that stuff that he's been through with, with regards to like being put in jail for stupid reasons, um, unfairly basically. Look it up if you, I won't go into it now. Um, and uh, and all that. So I wanted to see like if that had changed his sort of style. What are you talking about? Getting Mate. dumped by Nicky as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seeing he had anything didn't, to say. Didn't he sue her as well? I don't know, but I know he's, he he has got a song with Cardi B, and obviously Cardi and Nicky are beefing. <laughs> so I thought that was like eh, a little spiteful dig there. Know, weren't they on a song together quite recently though? Who Nicky and yeah Meek Mills? No, no. Oh, Nick, and Car Nicky and yeah, Car they were. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened. So I don't I'm know like, what happened. It's yeah. all fake, people. If yeah. you actually believe into this, like this, this whole yeah, yeah, we're beefing. Yeah. You are sadly mistaken. Like if you, <laughs> even if you think, um, uh, Kanye and um, Jay Z. Yeah. They were beefing back in the day. Then they got the Watch the Throne tour, yeah. which was sick, by the way. That was. Um, but and yeah, like they've, they've had issues up and down. Yeah, man, it's it's weird. But it's they, weird. they 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 um. They, they, yeah, this new this new um, Meek album is is good. Um, Jay Z's got a verse on a song called um, "What's Free," 
that is pretty damn sick. One of my favourite verses of the year. Um, so definitely check that album out if you if you like uh, like your hip hop. Um, other than that, it was Jay Z's birthday, so I thought we could do a little rundown top three Jay Z songs. Oh snap! Yeah. Do you know what? It's funny actually. I was just trying to think. I'm of uh, December fourth. I think it was. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. that's from uh, from his album. Oh yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, December yeah. Before yeah. Star Wars born. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. So it's not his birthday today, but you know, it's, yeah. it's all right. It's, it's all right. I, I let you off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking actually. I'm sure it was on that album. They use as a clip from what a song that I was going to say is like my my song. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get to it later though. Okay, I don't want to okay. give it away right now. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm just trying to think, man. Jay Z's had so many sick tunes. Yes. What would be my, what would be my top? Or three? if if not, because I'm struggling now. I'm now I've said it. I'm struggling for top my top three. It's so what I'll say instead then. What about three songs that haven't been singles that you would recommend people listen to? Oh god, that'd be even harder. Uh, do you know what? there was that? Um, in fact, I'll have to get the names of them because okay. I can like remember like which whereabouts they yeah, are on yeah, an album. Yeah. <laughs> so I think my first one would be. I'll go first. My first one would be a dream. Um, which was Jay-Z featuring um, uh, Faith Evans. I think that was on the Blueprint too. Yeah. So um, Jay-Z and Eminem had Renegade, which I don't think got Ooh, released as yeah, a single. Yeah, yeah, that didn't, that didn't sit and, and that was, that was so good. <laughs> so I'm going to make that my number two. <laughs> no, 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 I'll call that for, I'm calling that um, There was another one. Oh, what was it called? It wasn't The Takeover. I'll have to double check, but basically it was, it was, again, it was on the blueprint too, and it was Jay-Z's final diss to Nas, and it didn't really get that popular. It used like a, I think it was a Guns N' Roses sample. Okay. Um, oh, what was it called? You can have a, uh, well, there's actually Guns N' Roses on nah, his not album, Guns and Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that. It was a, it was a famous rock sample. It might not have been Guns N' Roses, but it was a, it used a sample from a, have, from have, a rock, have a look, have a look, have a look. from a rock, um, uh, Oh, the Watcher Two was sick as well. These are all off the Blueprint too. I'm the ones I'm calling. Basically, the Blueprint Two was Lenny's favorite album. Nah, but that's the thing. It's probably one of my probably one of my um my worst ones of his. But I think that's the thing with a lot of Jay Z albums. One of the ones I don't like at first immediately. Like I like all of them, but the ones I don't like, the ones that I would normally put on my as my least favorites. When I go back to them, and I'm thinking, oh, that had some tunes on it but you just didn't give it the time. I think sometimes it's what else is out at the time, how much time you actually give it. Because yeah, some of Jay-Z's yeah. stuff, you do need to... Uh, so I'll, I'll call out another listens. one. It's from... Uh, oh, Jesus, I'm trying to even remember the name of the album, but the song was Every Day... Uh, it's called A Star Is Born. And I think... Blueprint 3 with J. Yeah. Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sick tune, sick Every tune. Every day a star... Yeah, yeah. Platform. platform. That's the one, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that'll be my number two. Um, do you know what I'm trying to think of of one particular song there was one I can't remember the name of the track though I can just remember one line and Denny is so good with his hip hop knowledge I'm sure he's going to call it and uh, and also there's a an avid listener who's big into his hip hop shout out to Kevin I'm sure he's going to get this straight away as I know he's oh listening. the song's called the song I was thinking is actually called the blueprint too <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> oh well <laughs> so that'll be your number two so my number three there's a, a line in it I can't remember the name of the song. It goes, um, Ivitsu Jeans covered a rectum. I kick game just like David Beckham. If everybody in my way, I want them. 
So if you Google Evitsu jeans cover the well, sounds hot. That sounds a bit messed up, isn't it? Evitsu jeans cover the rectum, but it, it's kind of covering the point. Um, um, but yeah, sorry people. Is that Jay Z? Yeah, yeah. Is that, is it a Jay Z song? Yeah. Even even the flow is a Jay Z. Like you can tell the yeah, way I'm saying yeah. it. That is a, That's a Jay Z flow. Yeah, it come up with it come up with someone else. I'm gonna get outed now. You know, like I've got that line. I only speak the truth. Someone's gonna come on and go. <laughs> that wasn't Jay Z. It was not Jay. It's come up. The first thing that's coming up is he did it. Um, it was a sample with uh, Beyonce. It's a Missy track, but I don't know who's featuring on it. Oh, uh, maybe it was. Yeah, it is. Maybe it's Missy it was featuring Jay Z. Yeah, 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 there yeah, you yeah, go. yeah. And but yeah. you know what? He's on it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it cool. That's him. cool. I think that the featuring, was, uh, the featuring sleeper. What album was that? Missy's album. It was on um, This Is Not A Test. Uh, if if I'm right, then my memory is sick after all the times getting hit let in the head. Let me see, let me see. If that was her album. This Is Not A Test. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. That's I correct. still got it, people. Still got it. <laughs> <laughs> Memory's on point. And yes. my third track isn't really, a, isn't necessarily one people won't know. Well, actually... If you're more more recent uh, hip hop heads, may not know it, which is why I'm bringing it up is Brooklyn's finest, uh, Jay Z featuring the notorious B.I.G. off Jay Z's first album in 1996. Okay. So there, I think there. That's 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 yeah. That's, that's going that's, back. That's going okay. back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, man. Jay Z's had a he's had a, a long sick career, career man. yeah. If you think. I th- I think he's had like more number one albums than the Beatles. I think I th- no, nah, I think he's he's second to the Beatles oh, in America. Beatles. But as a solo artist, he's first. Mm. Like, yeah, he's he's, he's got the, the only most other person that would be close in terms of number of albums might be MJ. MJ's probably sold more records. Yeah, yeah, he sold more records. But remember, Jay Z had that period where he released an album every year. Yeah, yeah. He was always like, "I'm gonna have something for you every summer." And like during his peak of his career, every every summer he had a new album out. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he did have a new album out. Um, Jay Z's had. A, do you know? What? I don't. This this doesn't really get mentioned much, but Jay Z's had quite a weird career. Because if you think about it, he's he's forty. He's just turned forty nine, and I think most people, maybe in the last ten years, you're talking from thirty nine to forty nine. He's probably, which is really weird for an artist, especially for how long he's been at his peak and i don't mean in, in in his ability i mean in terms of where he is popularity popularity yeah because even though he was popular before if you think about the people that who were around at the time he yeah. one of the things with jay-z is is he's always it's like he's always been top three whether it's one two or three and that's not that's that's not in terms of lyrics or style or whatever that's in terms of popularity at the time but a lot of the times he he wasn't top he was always just bubbling under because if you think when he came out 96, his first album, Biggie was about. Yeah. Tupac had just passed, so that was the hype. Yeah. Mm. But Jay-Z was still, yeah, this this guy's sick. Um, the year after that, 97, you had the whole bad boy thing. Again, that was Biggie, Puffy, Mace, who were yeah. just r- running the charts. Jay-Z brought out an album, was still sick, but again, and he had he was featuring with them and all that stuff. But again, he wasn't the most hyped person that year. Yeah. The year after that, you had DMX. And if you remember when DMX was on top of his game, he was huge. Yeah. Again, huh. yeah. Listen, Jay Z was still there and thereabouts, but yeah. he never at that point. Dmx was arguably the most popular artist. Yeah, you had Ja Rule, same again. Yeah, 
and it's always real and it's all and it's almost but all those ref, all those other artists apart from the ones that have dropped off dmx dropped off jarl dropped off that's what Diddy. i'm gonna say whereas jay-z stayed consistent and if you think and gone further any one of those people you name them now if you went to them and said listen we can get you a feature on jay-z they'll be like yeah yeah exactly yeah, exactly this is the thing and that's Revive that's, that's a very very strange do you know what else is strange like, like for it's, artist to especially take. he's right. he's more popular now yeah and i think in terms of skill and lyricists yeah we're we're at a really uh a really high level now you think people like j cole kendrick yeah. m like their their ability as lyricists yeah. is next level man yeah like, yeah there wasn't as much emphasis on it back in the day which is and don't get me wrong there were amazing See, lyricists think, from back in the day as I well i think though. there was more before back in Do the day you? But the, okay, I think okay. some of the best. No, no, no. There are definitely some of the greatest now, but I think nowadays. But let me put more, let me put okay. it to you like this though, Kendrick yeah. is extremely extremely popular. Yeah. 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 Now yeah. Method Man was yeah. a great lyricist. Yeah. Right. Wasn't that popular? Okay. Okay. That's what I mean. Like yeah. in terms of the popularity of that type of rap. Yeah. Is coming is is now a lot more mainstream. Yeah. When I talk about mainstream, I guess you're talking about like fifteen year old white girls listening to it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I agree, I agree. Like, yeah, I'd agree with that. Method Man was popular within hip-hop. Yeah. But in pop culture, when as, yeah, whereas you're right, Kendrick Lamar now, um, J. Cole, like, across, like you said, the 15-year-old white girl loves him. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I agree with that, totally, totally. As you should, yeah. I only speak the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, when you say, like, there's more lyricists now, I was going to say, nah. <laughs> Most of these trash-ass rappers that are out now. That's the thing, is that, like, that. obviously, um... The trap music, yeah. I know you were saying the other day about uh, Trevor Noah. Yeah, <laughs> did you watch that? I haven't watched all of it, oh, man. I've just got my internet back on. I'm gonna yeah, watch it. Trevor Noah's got a new um, stand up. A new stand up. What's? I can't remember the name of it. It's some. It's his mum's name. Son of Patricia. Son of Patricia. That's yeah. it. Uh, but there's a bit where he talks about how uh, trap music now is like when your kid, when your kid brother runs in after having issues playing outside, and he's yeah. like. <laughs> he's like what happened i thought you were playing outside with your friends oh my friends are dead <laughs> so yeah i was crazy when i heard that but um but yeah that's i was it's funny enough actually because i know we're talking about doing like a, a roundup of of like the song for this yeah, year maybe yeah, in a yeah. future podcast right um and i was talking to one of my students who's like 16 mm. and it's really funny actually because um so she's from a very middle class background. Yeah. And she comes to some of my classes, but she has like she she grabs a lift with me. So we'll be in the car for like a half hour, forty five minutes. Yeah. And I was like, Do you know what? I'm I'm not as young as I used to be. I I wanna make sure that when I'm thinking talking about good music, yeah, yeah. That what I'm not <laughs> that I'm not talking about like yeah. you know, like how my dad says good music like mm. Baz Lerman. <laughs> um so yeah, so I was so I was asking about, you know, what, what kind of music you're listening yeah. to. And uh, she's listening to, to grime music, stuff okay. like, like Dave and people like that. Yeah, right? yeah. And I was like, okay, that's cool. At least at least I'm on board with that. Yeah. I'm cool. But then she played some Takashi 6 9 Okay. And I can't remember the name of the track, but she was playing it. I was listening to it. And I was like, there's nothing of any relevance here lyrically. Yeah. And I struggle to get on board with a track that there's yeah, nothing on yeah. board lyrically. But... Yeah. The beat was sick. Yeah. Did Takashi make that beat? No. No, of course yeah, he didn't. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what is it about this song that you love? And yeah. she's like, it just, it's a good song to play at a party. 
you know, it gets everyone like it hypes you up a little bit. Yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a good tune like that. It's like, all right, but could I do the lyrics for this song and you'd still like it? She was like, yeah, probably. Like, there you go. And it's weird, like the amount of produced yeah, music yeah. that's like that, because yeah. a lot of these um, like trap mu- trap artists, yeah. they're not really musicians. They don't really understand the music, yeah. and they're just like they'll get a flow, they'll get a beat, and they'll just mumble over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's and the thing is, they're still. I'm not going to uh, cuss them. Some of them are still good songs because yeah, yeah. a song is not just the lyrics. Yeah, a song can be the you know the beat. Yeah, whatever. It's difficult because I want to cuss it, but then some trap songs I'm like, "Oh, my that's, friends are dead." Exactly. exactly. <laughs> when do you know what? I'm not gonna lie. When I first heard that song, I was like, "This is the shit!" <laughs> like, I love this song so much. I wanted to go clubbing just to hear that song and wild out to it. Right. And I was like, "But then I'm not gonna like the rest of the songs in the club." Like, yeah. I don't know what it was. Like, generally, I don't like that kind of music that much. I'll just yeah. flick through. Oh, okay, I've listened. Yeah, and flick through. But there was something about every so often a certain tune comes out. It's like um, um what's his name? Triple X Tenacian. Yeah. He had like there was a couple I heard before he passed, and I was like, okay. And obviously after he passed, like a lot more you started hearing a lot more of his stuff. And I was like, some of this shit is sick. Yeah. But yeah. you know, even to be fair, like there were songs that we listened to back in the day that are kind of trash. Like yeah, yeah, Soldier Boy. Come on, that's it. Nah, nah, don't you're wrong. <laughs> and there's the thing, right? It was just the dance and the whole. Yeah. I remember in Liquids in Windsor, yeah. right? I was at the front, I got everyone on it. I was like, yo, best move, yeah? Soldier Boy up in the hole, right? But that's the thing, listen yeah. to the lyrics. Soldier Boy up in this hole, watch me crank it, watch me roll. Yeah. You know, it's like, the same as um, uh, Tipsy. Yeah. Here Everybody comes the, the one to the two to the three. Foot, like, yeah. Everybody what is it? in the club Get getting tipsy. tipsy. Like, probably basic lyrics, but the beat on that was sick. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be honest, sick. even I remember back in the day, went on family holidays when I got my own whip, drive down to Devon, driving around like Torquay yeah. with my windows down. <laughs> I had that song blazing, thinking I was the man. Obviously, I was not the man because <laughs> I was driving a Ford Focus. <laughs> but yeah, so. Jokes. Uh, but yeah. I think uh, we will do we'll, we'll do uh, a kind of roundup of, of some of this yeah. year's hottest tracks. And I know so I've got one of my friends who's probably listening now. Yeah. Kevin, we're going to try and arrange it, try and get you on. I think you said you got one of your yeah, friends. Yeah, one, well. one of my mates wants so, to. So we'll try and set up. Do that. The, the, only th- the only thing, which I'm, I'm doing some little feedback live now, I think we should get uh, earphones before we get other people on. Cause yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's one thing when we talk over each other, just two of us. Yeah. But having four people talk over each other is going to sound a mess. Yeah, true. True. I'm aware we talk over each other from time to time, people. That's how we roll. And do you know what? I don't care. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. So, uh, before we before we head off, uh, I will kick off my, my throwback track. Okay. And my throwback song. So, um, my throw... Uh, sorry. My throwback movie. My throwback film. So... The throwback movie is going to be Gladiator. Okay. With with Russell Crowe. Now there is there's yeah. an even older film actually called Gladiator, which I'd also recommend with Cuba Gooding Jr. back in the day. Yes, boxing one. Yeah, boxing yeah, one. Good also film, sick. Yeah. So I'd say watch both of them. But obviously, Gladiator, it's a sick film, and if you've got three hours of your life to give up, yeah, it's worth <laughs> it. Yeah. It's really worth it. Yeah. And it was weird as well because you see Russell Crowe now, he is a mess of a man. Yeah. Gladiator is one of those films that every time so I saw it at the cinema I can't remember what year it was but it's one of those films that every time I get you know like every time the the, the, the video medium updates 
yeah. I want to watch it again. Like, if I get a new sound system, I want to watch Gladiator yeah. in surround sound. When I go up to Blu-ray, Blu-ray from DVD, I want to watch Gladiator Gladi- again. It's one of them sort of films that I do keep. Um, yeah, man, it's do, a, do keep watching. It is a good movie. I'll, I'll just hand it back. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so so that's my uh, throwback movie, and my throwback track has a sample from that, which is uh, "What More Can I Say." Jay-Z track. Oh, tune. And at the beginning... I didn't realise I had a sample from that. At, it's, it's just at the very beginning. Oh. And it's just the, are oh, you not entertained? Oh, yeah. Is this not what yeah. you came to see? Or whatever it is, that, that line. And oh, he's... I didn't And you literally, like, you can that. hear the, the sword dropping in the dirt. Stand up, stand up. Yeah, and yeah, goes, yeah. What more can I tune. say? Tune, tune. So Such yeah, tune. I have four unreleased Jay-Z okay, tracks. Okay, okay. For today. So, my throwback track i'm going to keep it all the way jay-z too um and it's going to be dead presidents which mm-hmm. is the nas sample again mm-hmm. if you're a jay-z head like that's probably up there in your top five jay-z tracks um classic song search dead presidents part two i believe is the one that actually came out on the album uh, his first album um so check that song out if you don't know it but then if you don't know it then you shouldn't be listening to us exactly um and my throwback film is gonna be a classic i did check it's from 1986 no no retreat no surrender did you ever see that i don't think i have oh this is this gotta be a first okay so (laughs) no retreat no surrender i believe don't quote me on this was van damme's first film in which case i probably have seen it i just forgot the name but um van damme wasn't was a bad guy he was like you know in fact so to the best describe it it may it may not yeah it may not have been his it may not have been his first film but it was before he came it was the one that sort of uh, projected him yeah into the into the western uh into the english language uh movies so basically if you imagine all of van damme's early 90s late 80s films he doesn't. He's reluctantly in a tournament. There's a big bad guy who's beating up everyone. Who starts beating him up, and then he somehow gets the power, and then he manages to beat him. Like in Lionheart. Yeah. Now he's that bad guy. He's the badass. Oh, okay. That um, someone's. It's like these American army people, and they're in a Western tournament, Indian. and this he's the badass that's beating up everyone, and I think someone's brother gets killed by him or gets badly put in a wheelchair, right, right, right. and then. The younger brother, who's reluctant, has to train, goes find some secret master. Is this not Kickboxer? <laughs> it's exactly the same. That's what I say. All these films back there were pretty much the same. It's the same as Rocky as well, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. And then um, Rocky Four. Yeah, he he reluctantly <laughs> trains, and then he says, "No retreat, no surrender," and he manages to beat the big bad guy who is in this one, Van Damme. Yeah, man. Do you know what? Uh, I'm scared to go back to watching that one because I imagine it'll be so cheesy now. Yeah, yeah. Do you, but do you know what? One thing about Van Damme is out of all the martial arts actors in movie in movie land he is probably the most credible like he actually has a kickboxing record uh, so he he did actually fight okay. if you think like Steven Seagal mm. um, he's he was like one of the first non-japanese people to teach in Japan which is his like claim to being legit yeah. but if you look at really what he does it's yeah. not legit martial arts like it's these these throws and holds that only work in certain situations if people throw certain techniques. Yeah. But he's he's never been an athletic guy. He's never really showed any 
ability to fight. And even people kind of take the mickey out of him in MMA world. Like Anderson Silva let uh, Steven Seagal come and watch him train and stuff. And then Seagal was like, yeah, yeah, I taught Anderson how to do this front kick that he used on Vitor Belfort, da da da, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God. Have you ever seen uh, Steven Seagal throw a kick? Like, if he does, it ain't going above yeah, waist yeah, height. Yeah, like, yeah. And even if you watch, like I said, old movies of him, mm. you see he's like skinny fat. Yeah. And then who else you got really for, for martial arts movie actors? You got Jackie Chan, yeah. who's a great acrobat yeah. and a good martial artist, but never fought professionally. Okay. Jet Li, same. Was never like a championship award-winning fighter. Was, he was. It he wasn't fought fighting. a little bit, but he he was a he done wushu. Yeah, that's yeah. The sort of it's a type. Yeah, wushu is like a demonstration. Yeah, yeah, really. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he was like a champion. Like, yeah. I know my stuff, Ben. Don't you <laughs> test, fam? Yeah. And you got the modern guys like Tony Jaa. Yeah. Who, to to all his credit, like he trained himself. Okay. How to do all the stuff that he can do, yeah. and he's incredible. But he's not a professional fighter. Right. Uh, in fact. Even uh, like Jason Statham, he was on the Olympic diving team. Yeah. So and he yeah. only started doing martial arts films really after he was in the one with Jet Li. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um. So yeah, and doing great, ath- great athleticism. He's yeah. you know caught everything, but not a legit martial artist, yeah. or at least not really a legit fighter. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you got people like Arnie and Stallone, obviously not legit fighters, but muscular guys, whatever. Yeah. Whereas Van Damme, he kind of had it all. He's like muscular aesthetic like good looking bloke yeah no homo and uh and yeah and you know put it all together even there's a there's actually a funny clip of uh, him doing some light sparring with a guy called cody garbrandt who's a ufc fighter mm. and uh obviously van damme even when he's playing around he now he can still kick you in the face like very comfortably yeah, yeah. he's got good flexibility and he was showing some kicks to Cody, and he ac- and he was like doing some like movement sparring with Cody, and he accidentally just kicked Cody straight in the face, Ooh. and you just see Cody put his hands down, turn his head to the side, like, "Son of a bitch, I will mess you up." <laughs> and Van Damme like puts his hands down, just walks up, gives him a hug. He's like, "I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean it. Didn't mean it. You're good." <laughs> but yeah, so so shout out to to Van Damme. And yeah. just you know, what? one last thing, little shout out, uh, Stone Armor Trading. Has just uh, she's just in the process of opening up her her hair salon. Shout so out Stone. Thought I'd give her a little. I don't know, like it's uh to to set up your own business is a, a difficult thing, uh and to be fair, like where she is geographically, she's on a high street that's got like five hundred other hair salons. Yeah. Uh, Hashtag made you look. Check it out. Is made that you, what it's called? Made you look. Yep. On a uh, Burnham High Street. There you go. So if. Obviously, I'm saying that geographically, it's quite close to me. I'm going to send my missus there, like, as long as she don't drop her kids soon. But, uh, but yeah, man, big, big credit to her. Well done. Cool. But that's uh, that's us for now. We're going to try and shout you out again next week. And, uh, and, yeah, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, be safe, be happy, and have fun. Peace. Peace. Peace.